This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. With his first big veto, President Biden signals his continued loyalty to the Great Reset. And champion of progressive values, Ben and Jerry's, F's around and finds out what happens when you fall out of line. This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I am Brad Binkley. Quick announcement. If you're in the Atlanta area on Friday, March 31st, I'll be performing a live improvisational comedy show with Astronaut University at the Fool's Gold Improv Festival at the Dynamic El Dorado Theater at 572 Edgewood in Atlanta. Astronaut University is like a rock and roll space action show where we can get pretty insane. It's a lot of fun. I play an astronaut named Johnny Blastoff. Our show's between, it's during the 7 to 8.20. So 7 p.m. to 8.20, there's a block of shows. I believe we're headlining that block of shows. The way that it works with these festivals, unfortunately, is that you can't just buy a ticket to one show. You have to buy a ticket for the entire day or night or however long it goes. So tickets are 30 bucks each. You'll get to see all of the shows performing. There's like four different time slots of shows. The festival runs from Thursday the 29th to Sunday, April 2nd. Full weekend passes, if you're interested, are 70 bucks. I'm pretty sure that I'm performing on Saturday night as well, but I do not have the details yet. You can get ticket the tickets at Dynamic El Dorado, D-Y-N-A-M-I-C, E-L-D-O-R-A-D-O dot square dot site slash fools dash gold dash improv dash fest. That's a mouthful. I'll put the link in the description. One more quick thing. Here's what we're doing for the XR, the subscriber portion of the show today. I'm going to be showing you how to use some open source intelligence gathering techniques to still be able to find things on the internet that maybe we didn't realize we could still find. Stuff that is interesting and relevant. Uh, I mean... I found some pretty cool stuff during the demonstration that I wasn't expecting to find. Like on the Army's website, I found a recently published document about tactically using TikTok in the great power competition that we're currently in with China and Russia. I also found a a number of interesting things on other government websites, like on the DOD's official site, I, I found their 2022 information warfare comprehensive reading list. I wasn't looking for any of these things specifically. I found them using techniques to look for certain types of stuff on certain types of websites. That's what we're going to be doing in the XR. But with that said, the XR will not be coming out until later today because I have to record a little bit more and finish editing. And it will be an extended version of it since I have not been able to get a show up earlier this week for a number of reasons. Okay, so if you want access to that, it's going to be worth it. Found some interesting stuff. You can get access to it by going to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribing there today or propreport.locals.com and you will get access to, to it when that comes out. Patrons and local subscribers also get the drive time news blast ad free as always. All right, announcements are out of the way. Let's dive in. I want to talk today about Biden's first big veto because there's more going on with this than meets the eye. Here's the headline. Biden acts to stop anti-ESG legislation. President Biden vetoed his first bill this week, and I'm guessing that no one is happier about this than 
Klaus Schwab and his buddies up there at the World Economic Forum because this veto supports the stakeholder capitalism ESG model of societal transformation and social control under the guise of diversity, equity, and inclusion that Klaus has aggressively promoted in his books uh, about the Great Reset and about stakeholder capitalism and that they have talked about ad nauseum at the World Economic Forum Davos conferences and just in their other gatherings. ESG is the foundation of the Great Reset that Klaus writes about so much and that they have had endless panel discussions about bringing forth. ESG is how the already very rich and powerful unelected white guys who run BlackRock and run the World Economic Forum are attempting to force ideas onto society that they know the public would never vote for. And they do this by subverting the system using a workaround. And that workaround to implement these policies without a vote is using the most influential corporations on the planet, ones that span beyond any boundaries or borders of any country. I've done multiple shows on this. So I'm not going to go into too much detail and all of that. Klaus always lays this stuff out in his books, too. So you can check out his books if you want to see him talk about it there. ESG is like a social credit score for corporations. And the higher your score, the more money you get from the largest ESG investor on the planet, the World Economic Forum partnered BlackRock. Vanguard is another one, also works with the World Economic Forum. You get ESG points and thus more money by doing things like, for instance, publicly standing in solidarity with Ukraine or making one of those commercials like toxic masculinity, even though you're a razor commercials. That's the thing about ESG. Corporations are not allowed to not take a position on a political subject. It's like a you're either with us or you're evil, you're against us. And corporations that do not attempt to align their internal workings, their environmental, social, and governance standards to these ESG metrics will be blacklisted from BlackRock's portfolio. And BlackRock is one of the biggest investors into everything. They're one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful organization on the planet. There's like a Vice article from a few years ago about how Black, BlackRock is ruling the planet. And these non-ESG compliant companies will also be subjected to a online name and shame smear campaign on social media and in the establishment media that labels these companies and the prominent figures associated with them as like evil MAGA Republican right-wingers. That's how it works. And Klaus talks about this stuff in his book. I'm not making this up. Read his books. And they speak about it in these panel discussions. It's a big con. Like to them, these companies at the moment... The benefit that they get from the money from BlackRock outweighs the cost of their loss of customers. And that's only going to work for them until they get on BlackRock's bad side, which I'm going to show you a a case of. Biden's veto here, more than anything else in this story, is a signal of his continued allegiance to Klaus Schwab's ESG Great Reset Agenda. So here is the story. Biden issued first veto of his presidency, and it was blocking a bipartisan anti-ESG bill. The vetoed bill sought to strike down a new Labor Department rule encouraging retirement fiduciaries to consider environmental, social, and corporate governance issues in their investments, as opposed to just the rate of return, which most people presume that the rate of return, just like a shareholder in a company, that the company is working to maximize your shareholder return, especially investees trying to make sure they are secure for the future and they have money for their family. 
This is the whole stakeholder capitalism versus shareholder capitalism argument that Klaus Schwab has been the champion of, him being on the side of stakeholder capitalism, for like 30 years. And Biden has, since the day he, he was in office, has been a mouthpiece for. He's been a mouthpiece for Klaus and for BlackRock and for the Council on Foreign Relations. I've demonstrated this time and time again. Klaus says it at the World Economic Forum. A few months later, Biden repeats it verbatim. He is a puppet. Now, maybe you like the things that Klaus and these other rich white people are coming up with that's only making them richer and more powerful while not actually doing the inclusive things it promises to do. Maybe you like those policies. But make make no mistake, they're not coming from Biden. Biden tweeted a video of the signing with a tweet saying, I just vetoed my first bill. This bill would risk your retirement savings by making it illegal to consider risk factors MAGA House Republicans don't like. Then he said, your plan manager should be able to protect your hard-earned savings, whether Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene likes it or not. So this is when you know the propaganda is coming in. And if you like Biden, this is when I would kind of perk up and say, maybe I should read this, because there's no doubting the propaganda technique that's being used here. I mean, this is an attempt to prevent all reasonable discussion from happening by demonizing an opposing point of view. He doesn't want anyone looking into ESG who supports him. He wants to make it an untouchable subject that they will just put their hand, almost like reading Mein Kampf. No, I don't even want to look at that because that's what the MAGA people do. That's how he can guarantee those who loyally support him will not even consider for a second something he does not want them to consider. Think about how predictable that is. All he has to do to get someone who is a loyal supporter of him to never look at or consider something is to say that MAGA Republicans do it. I mean, that is you, that alone should make those who support Biden go, okay, he did the MAGA thing again. I should probably look into that because I know he's trying to short-circuit my thinking and prevent me from asking any questions because that's what's going on. This is the oldest propaganda technique in the book. Biden does it all the time. He does it about Ukraine. You can't ask questions about the multi-billions of dollars we're sending to Ukraine all the time. You can't even question it. Otherwise, you're MAGA. Jimmy Dore is MAGA. Russell Brand is MAGA. Joe Rogan is MAGA. You should perk up because he is trying not to deceive me, not to deceive most listeners of the show. When Biden does stuff like this, like calling anything MAGA, he is trying to deceive the most easily deceived of his followers. Knowing that, the, I mean, in his mind, he thinks you're so dumb that all I gotta say is MAGA. Don't listen to what Cindy says. She's MAGA. All right. Stay away from Cindy. She's a Nazi. I mean, this is the, the low-level type of propaganda being put out there, and I sure hope that people who really support Biden are smart enough to not buy wholesale into this emotional tribal warfare and just prevent, prevent yourself from using your brain altogether, because that, that's what this is an attempt to do. Pisses me off. Senator Mike Braun tweeted in a reply, President Biden issued... A rule that allows money managers for retirement accounts to use ESG as the reason for an investment. Previously, fiduciaries had to invest based on best rate of return. Lying by omission author and journalist Charles Smith wrote, The bill was about ending ESG, the practice of disenfranchising investors, pensionists, and empowering managers, investment managers, 
to pursue their ideological goals instead of following their fiduciary obligations. The Labor Department rule doesn't require fiduciaries for private companies to do anything, but it does permit them to include ESG considerations in investment decisions. And then it goes on, the article from Axios says, Supporters of the ESG framework say it allows investors to support companies that are attempting to manage risk related to environmental, social, and governance criteria, such as the financial and economic risk posed by climate change. Very vague, always vague when they speak about this. They cannot include measurable concrete goals, because if they do, they will lose people. They need to be able to move the goalpost. And what we've seen through these ESG initiatives is that these corporations aren't really helping achieve any of these ESG criteria that they're, they're setting out. The only thing we know for certain that this ESG model does is that it consolidates power and wealth even more into the hands of the already powerful and the already wealthy white dudes at BlackRock and at the World Economic Forum. It does very little, this veto does, in effect. People who need to rely on their retirement and their rate of return, and they want to leave money for their family, they're going to go with the investment companies that don't do this. So ultimately, I don't think people are really going to be that affected by this first veto that Biden did, because I believe it's a symbolic gesture for the Biden and his administration to demonstrate their continued allegiance to the Great Reset Plan. Old term, same plan. They've also continued to demonstrate this through the Biden administration's unwavering position on Ukraine and the proxy war and the support that we're giving and the condemning of anybody who dares raise a question, should we be giving multi-billion dollar weapons packages that are just enough to keep the war going, not to stop it or end it, but just enough to keep it going? He has been in lockstep with this agenda from day one. What I'm saying is Biden's veto, what it actually is, is him symbolically smooching Klaus Schwab's schlong. Also, this veto is something that Biden is going to fundraise off of, and if he runs in 2024, he'll campaign off of it. He'll say that he believes a presidential veto is power that should never be abused. It should only be used in the most important of cases, and that's why he never vetoed anything, not one thing, not a joke, not until a bill came across his desk in the Oval Office that threatened the rights of the LGBTQ community and that he couldn't stand by with a good conscience and let a bigoted MAGA bill like that pass when he alone had the power to stop it. So that's when he decided to use this most precious of presidential powers, the veto, so that he could protect the LGBTQ community for inclusiveness, you know, because we all know that Biden loves equity and inclusion and gay people. He's loved gay people since he first saw two corporate businessmen in suits kissing in the middle of the city back in like the 1960s with his dad. You know, when that was going on all the time, Biden has loved two dudes kissing for over six decades, despite his previous claims that marriage is between a man and a woman, which I will say that's taken out of context. If you hear the entire quote, he actually says marriage is between a man and a woman, Banging, however, now that's what two dudes in business suits do. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And right on time today from the Microsoft industry blog, and I didn't even mean to talk about ESG this much today, but this stuff came up and it, it means something. I mean, Microsoft enthusiastically supports ESG implementation. And with Biden announcing his first veto yesterday, making a big to-do about it, and then Microsoft rolling this thing out in their industry blog, it's coordinated and it's relevant. I know some of the ESG language, and it can be a bit much, but it's worth going through this article here. Here's the headline. Get ready for ESG reporting with increased data transparency. Again, this is on the Microsoft industry blog website. In 2024, organizations around the world will face new regulatory reporting requirements designed to increase transparency of environmental, social, and governance impact, ESG, and progress. So they're promoting global ESG regulations coming in 2024 for companies that signed on to this, which the World Economic Forum has a list, and they proudly announce when a new company jumps on board. The World Economic Forum Great Reset is where all of this originated in this form. Klaus Schwab has been writing about this stuff since the founding of the World Economic Forum, like 50 years ago. For many, it will entail gathering more granular data from across their operations and value chains, talking about this uh, global ESG regulatory reporting requirements. I have clips of Microsoft one of the heads of Microsoft, which I don't know if we'll get to them today. I did intend to, but we might not. Talking about the new chat GPT-4, the data sharing that it does across all of the apps and how you have to have that data sharing to, to power chat GPT-4 and make your life easier when you integrate it with Microsoft Office, which it would seem could also be used to evaluate and assign your employee an ESG score in this context, which some companies are already doing. Bank of America already scores their employees on ESG, although I don't think they use AI-enhanced mass data collection techniques, technology, to do it. Maybe they do. I don't know. The article goes on to say, New policies will require public audited and robust ESG reporting that disclose their impact on the environment, communities, workers, and consumers, and describe their corporate governance practices and performances. What an invasion of privacy. It says to generate reliable reports, organizations will need to reimagine how they are collecting and analyzing their data. So it's demanding corporations to collect more and more data about their practices and their employees. Don't we hear from the Intel communities all the time that they can't tell us stuff because it would reveal sources and methods and it would jeopardize people in the field and their operations altogether? Yet, this is demanding all of that stuff from companies. It says, expected new legislation is based on the European Union's Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, CSRD adopted in, in December of 2022, and it will require roughly 50,000 organizations to issue ESG reports to regulators, many for the first time. I've read so many of these ESG reports, they're laughable. They really are. The stuff they, they do so they can get ESG points is a joke. CSRD guidelines will compel companies to disclose factors about climate change mitigation and adoption, adaptation, Water, 
circulatory economy, biodiversity, human rights, equal opportunity, and lobbying activities related to these topics. In addition to the CSRD sustainable disclosure requirements in the United Kingdom, Designed to centralize ESG reporting for the financial firms are expected to be finalized this year. So this is a, a global document centralizing, standardizing what these ESG metrics are coming from the European Union. This is what I was talking about earlier. This is an effort to transform society, to force the values of whoever's at the top of this Structure, Klaus Schwab, I think it's probably people we don't even see. These are the puppets that we see. Implementing that onto people without a vote, because I know people would never vote on it, through corporations using bodies like this. Basically bribing people, companies. Yeah, get on board. We'll give you enough money. Don't worry about the customers you'll lose. And we won't smear you with our media apparatus. That's like the most powerful weapon they have is a media establishment that goes along with everything they say and condemns anybody who questions it. Driving and reporting ESG progress demands effective data management. No matter how mature an organization's infrastructure may be, elevated standards for reporting ESG impact, risk, and opportunities will require refining and potentially reconstructing data management system, systems, processes, and controls. Full transparency for the workers is out the door, by the way. Forget about your privacy with this ESG stuff. This isn't like good transparency that shows us what cops are doing all the time on their, on their body cams, okay? This is weaponized transparency against employees so they can make sure they're aligning to values forced on them. I have clips that I'm not going to get to today. I'll save them for tomorrow that talk about this neurotechnology that some companies are already using to monitor the focus levels and emotions of their employees. This is the type of transparency they're talking about here. Monitoring your brain waves, your heart rhythms. Not only that, conversations are being had about the laws that need to be put into place to regulate how far companies can go when it comes to the issue of using this neurotech and brainwave monitoring to determine motives and ideological stance and commitment to that ideology of their employees. I mean, this is real conversation. I have clips. I'll play them tomorrow. I mean, these are all ESG factors, too. You think they're not going to use that to determine the social credit score of the people working? I mean, they're already doing this in some companies, just not with this technology. Of course, they're going to use the technology. Full transparency, baby. People who support ESG because they truly believe that the implementation of ESG is, is an actual attempt to bring about a cleaner, more just, and more peaceful society. Anybody who believes this hasn't actually investigated ESG. Like, not really investigated. Anyone who investigates it will realize that ESG goes against everything that actual progressives stand for when it comes to the outcomes and what they're really doing. And look at this. Get your data in order with Microsoft. No matter where you are in the sustainability journey today, Microsoft can help you address new ESG reporting expectations and accelerate sustainability progress. We offer data-driven technologies and guidance to support you. They're already profiting off of it. All the rich white people are getting richer and more powerful, okay, under the guise of inclusivity and equality. It's all, it's all a fraud. They bank on people not understanding the nature of con artistry, or rather, not, not understanding it. I think we get it intellectually. The problem is that 
the way that most of us think about manipulation, it's just natural to think about it this way and think about con artists. Like we all think we're great at spotting it, despite the fact that most, like almost no one has had any actual training in, in doing so. And, Therefore, we have a society full of people, most of whom are convinced that while other poor saps can be fooled, that they aren't going to get the wool pulled over their eyes. They're too smart for that, which is exactly the false sense of confidence that con artists rely on. I mean, this stuff has been written about in propaganda literature for over 100 years. British propagandists who were stationed in the U.S. before we entered World War I, while they were in it, and their job was to create war fervor in our neutral at the time country in their favor. They wrote letters back and forth to the British Wellington House, which was their war propaganda bureau, laughing about how these American intellectuals that they, that they were duping at the time thought themselves to be so smart and to be so above everything that they were immune to lies and, and they couldn't be fooled, which made them the easiest group to con. And the first group they targeted. They called them gullible. They mocked them basically in these letters that Sir Gilbert Parker wrote back home to the heads of the British Propaganda Bureau to Lord Beaverbrook and Lord Northcliffe. That's right. A guy named Lord Beaverbrook mocked Americans for being gullible because of their false sense or false confidence that they just couldn't be fooled because they get it. I'm telling you, the second we're too certain is the second we are the easiest person to fool on the planet. It's not the ones that are obvious to us to spot that we're vulnerable to. That's what's hard about recognizing deception. We get it intellectually, and we get it when others are being manipulated by people we already don't believe. But what we don't fully embody emotionally, because it's hard, it's hard to put this into practice, is the fact that the people we are most vulnerable to being deceived by, to being conned by, are the people who are in the best position to con us, because we like them. Because they sound like us and they reflect, uh, uh, you know, how we feel and our beliefs. The con artist coming after us isn't someone on the other side manipulating those on the other side. Hillary Clinton. We already don't believe Hillary and are already skeptical of her and don't trust her. And we don't understand how everybody who loves her doesn't see it. Well, the reason they don't see it is because, like us, they're focused on the people who are conning us and not the ones conning them. Never cross their minds that the one they like so much would actually be the one sent to deceive them. Works both ways. Society would be a lot better off and we would stop fighting with each other and we would stop allowing ourselves to be divided and ruled if everyone scrutinized the leaders of their own side that they like harder than they do those on the other side. Because then we wouldn't be looking at each other ready to fight all of our collective eyes would be carefully watching and scrutinizing the actions of the leaders who right now are pulling the strings. That would cut the cord on the strings, okay? Because there's a lot more of us than them, and if we're all watching them not fighting with each other, they would be terrified to step out of line. I mean, the fact is that all sides lie, all sides manipulate, and all tell truths as well to win our trust, so to make it easier to manipulate us. The best way to hide a lie, Deep Throat tells Mulder in a season one episode of X-Files, is in between two truths. And that is a truth. That was a rant for sure. Before we get to the final story of the day, which, 
again, is about how Ben and Jerry, Ben and Jerry's, who's been a model of a progressive-run political agenda-pushing organization for years, by the way, how they took a stand on something that they weren't supposed to take a stand on. Basically, they effed around, and they found out. And we're going to talk about it. I want to remind you again that the DMBXR, where we're going to do that demonstration of how to use these open-source intelligence gathering techniques online, will be coming out separately later today after I finish editing. Subscribers will still be getting this show the DMB ad-free. I take out all the ads for subscribers. If you want access to the subscriber-only portion of the show and that content coming out later, go to patreon.com slash report or propreport.locals.com. Subscribe there today. Also, subscribe to me on YouTube at youtube.com slash bradbinkley, rumble.com slash propreport. Follow me on Twitter at Freedom Act Radio. And you can find all of the DMBs under the Propaganda Report podcast feed on any podcast app or my website, propagandafight.com. I don't usually go through all my links, but I, I decided to today. I decided I should sometimes at least market myself a little bit. Now on to the final story of the day. Ben & Jerry's is a business, I'm sure you're familiar, that they run on progressive values. They've been the subject of the news a lot over the past seven or eight years because of their overtly political initiatives and uh, the public positions that they they take on political issues. And both the founders are, are progressive they, they fought to get big money out of politics through Ben & Jerry's. One of the co-founders was once arrested at a climate, racial justice, free health care protest. They've been huge supporters of Black Lives Matter since 2016. Ben & Jerry's has been what some might call the model of an ESG-aligned, socially responsible, progressive company. I mean, and they've been this way for years. Oftentimes, the subject of, of combat, political combat with the right, because of their overtly progressive nature. And now, after all those years of being the model progressive company, Ben & Jerry's is finally being rewarded with calls to boycott their company. That's right. Any ideas on what they did that is now subjecting them to these calls for boycott? I'll give you a second to guess, I'll give you a hint. If you do this thing that Ben and Jerry did, according to President Biden, his own words, if you do this, you are a MAGA Republican. Now, I know that could very well apply to any number of things, really. It's just the thing that Biden applies to things he doesn't want people talking, questioning, or even really thinking about, like, if you think Hunter Biden should be investigated, you might be a MAGA Republican. If you cringe when you see Joe Biden smell the hair of someone else's child, you might be a MAGA Republican. If despite popular opinion, you think trans women having sex with men is in fact gay, well, then you might just be a MAGA Republican. That's kind of how it works. So Ben and Jerry's great sin, and I love this, is that one of the co-founders of the business, Ben Cohen, is against the U.S. continuing to support Ukraine with funds and weapons. The model socially responsible progressive company founded by this guy, an activist, is being subjected to boycotts because this progressive dude opposes continuing to fund a war. Progressives have to be pro-war or they will be ousted by other progressives. It's crazy. So this Cohen guy launched a project called the Eisenhower Media Network, 
which is a project that provides journalists with access to military experts, some of which believe the U.S. is providing too much aid to Ukraine in its fight against Russia. Notice how they say that, like, it's just wrong. Just listen to the framing in their report here, how they, they give this information almost in a way that assumes we all know it's fake. They don't even have to say it. The article says, EMN, that news organization, describes itself as an independent resource for journalists on its website where it offers expert opinion on the war in Ukraine. The Daily Beast reported that some of the experts said the U.S. is contributing to the war by supplying weapons and funds to Ukraine. See how they said that? Then according to the article, EMN sent email blasts to journalists regarding U.S. contributions. The outrageous federal spending on Ukraine on the Ukraine war is missing from the discussion on the national debt. This is in quote. It's time to think about pausing funding for Ukraine if we cannot afford it, end quote, said EMN's associate director. What kind of sentence is this here? The Daily Beast reported that some of the experts said the U.S. is contributing to the war by supplying weapons and funds to Ukraine. Is there are there some people arguing that giving weapons and funds is not contributing to the war? Yeah, yeah, we're giving them billions in weapons. That's not contributing to the war. Are you kidding me? I didn't realize that there was a, a counter argument to the fact that giving weapons to people fighting a war contributes to the war. A campaign manager for one of Cohen's companies said that Cohen's pro-peace. He's been pretty clear on condemning Russia's attack on Ukraine and Russia's war of aggression. But he's also clear that the U.S. should use its full power to push for diplomacy and an end of an end of the suffering for both Ukraine and Russian citizens as quickly as possible. What an evil MAGA Trumper. Listen to how they attempt to demonize this guy now by association. The article says the U.S. has supplied Ukraine with billions of dollars in military aid, including tanks, missiles, and more to be used in the fight against Russia. Republicans Representatives such as Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia and Matt Gates of Florida have pushed back against continued support. So those are both MAGA Republicans. Greene has made controversial statements about her stance against the war, claiming that the U.S. is funding a proxy war with Russia. They admit that. They openly talk about how it's a proxy war now. They were talking about it in Congress the other day. And they're acting like this is a crazy thing. In February, Gates introduced a resolution calling for the U.S. to end its military and financial aid to Ukraine and urge all combatants to reach a peace agreement. All those years, Ben and Jerry's was on the front lines of the socially responsible progressive company. And now look at them. Calls for boycott because they didn't love Ukraine hard enough. And they dared question a war that progressives are not allowed to question. I would think that this story alone would make no company want to try and align with these unmeetable expectations and standards. Boycotting progressive restaurants because they don't support war. That's progressivism in 2023. And boy, did I get a little worked up about it, as I do from time to time. I, I should say this. This ESG stuff is failing Badly. I mean, it's failing so badly. I don't care that Biden and Klaus and now Microsoft are trying to force companies, the employees of those companies and stakeholders in the society around those companies into accepting it or that they're, they're working with this European group on it. All the companies that Microsoft said has to do it are companies that agreed to do it. No, nobody has to do it. 
And a lot of companies are not. They're running from it because it sucks bad. It's failing. The, the only people who would run a business based on that stuff are, are ones who are already super freaking rich and powerful or ones who are willing to take bribes and, and make themselves subservient to total control uh, by BlackRock. Businesses have to make money. This stuff doesn't work when it comes to making money, okay? And it's obvious that it doesn't. In fact, ESG sucks so hard that Klaus could very well tell old Joe to stop for a minute and give ESG a go on his little sausage there. That's the show for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.